Manufacturer Podcast. Today, we finally finish our series on technology and we battle through record temperatures to bring you tales of when we met some warehouse robots, to bring you insights from our digitalization summit in Manchester, and to see who's been paying attention through the course of the series. That's all to come in today's episode. Hi there, listener. We finally managed to complete Series 3 of the Manufacturer Podcast, or we will have done by the time we finished this episode. We'll have time towards the end to recap if we can remember any of this series, because, crikey, at the time of broadcast, the previous episode of this series was nine weeks ago. That's 56 days ago by my count. Um, which is balmy. Just to set the scene for you, listener, I'm sat in my house. Um, the fan is on full whack. The blinds are closed and I'm hiding from the sun because as you listen to this, uh, it's Tuesday. It's like 40, 41 degrees in certain parts of the country, one of those parts being London, where I am. So I'm struggling and Joe and Lana, by the sounds of it, are too. Hello, guys. How are we doing? Hello, Tom. Yeah, I'm considering sticking my head in the oven to cool off. <laughs> It's it's that hot. It's ridiculous. It's horrible. Hottest I've ever experienced in the UK for sure. Yeah, Lana's just been telling us off air how how bad it's been for her. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't even know my own name anymore, to be honest. <laughs> but we're doing it. We're we're intrepid, and as you can probably hear, we, we we've we've decided to uh, to to not brave uh, public transport today for risk of keeling over. Uh, we bring this to you. Um, virtually. I think the first time we've done it fully virtually, actually, uh, the three of us. Let's see how that goes. Yeah, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, let's see how it goes. Um, Bots and us are a London-based manufacturer, uh, manufacturing warehouse data robots. So we visited these guys recently, and they win the award, actually, for shortest trip we've ever had to do. Uh, as I say, they're based in London. Joe accompanied me on on this visit. and it was It was good fun, actually, wasn't it? It was sort of big kind of tall ominous looking robots that move slowly towards you like kind of lanky daleks but their <laughs> primary goal is not to kill people it's to it's to gather information in, in facilities and warehouses and, and it was good fun and interesting stuff joe it certainly was and from, from memory they were they're operating out of a former, former biscuit factory from what i remember mm. yeah yeah, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. It's um, you know a lot of a lot of companies you know waste a lot of time and resources trying to locate uh, you know goods in warehouses and things like that, and um, which can lead to sort of losses around lost stock and trade disruptions and things like that. So these robots help to measure, track, and find goods um, without that workflow disruption. So they're using you know real time data insights to measure track and find goods without that manual intervention and obviously that saves time and resources and i think you know we we sort of talk about robotics and automation quite a lot but don't often get the opportunity to see uh you know ro- robotics in action so to, mm. to to see these demos of these guys whirring around and scanning these um warehouse racks and pallets of 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 stock was was really fascinating Co-founders Oana Jinga and Andre Danescu can tell us more. So we've been around for about seven years as a company, um, and it all started mainly with um, my co-founders Andre and Adrian. They've always had a passion for robotics. 
They've been to numerous robotics competitions across the university years. After that, obviously, went into different corporate careers, but always had that itch to do something with, with robotics as a business. So about seven years ago, we were just yeah, having a chat about how we can actually build uh, a company around it and, and build something that people might pay money for. Um, and, and that's where the, the kind of the seed for, for bots and us started. From a customer perspective, uh, it all starts with understanding exactly what's happening in, in their warehouses, whether that's when things come in or go out, so on acceptance or outbound goods, or actually keeping track of inventory across the different racks or the different areas of the warehouse. It's currently, the, there's a shortage of, of labor when it comes to people actually having the time to, to spend on literally counting things and recording things on, on kind of real-time maps of the warehouse. So we fully automate that process so that we can kind of free up the, those resources to kind of go on, on doing the, the more important bits around like packing and getting things out for, for their customers. Compared to, to kind of uh, doing the, the stock taking element with, with humans, I think um, obviously the reliability and accuracy of the data, it's going to be always much better because when you do it with um, a digital device, it, it just kind of gets recorded exactly how it is on, on the pallet. So for example, quite a few of our customers um, actually have to write down, uh, for example, barcode information or airway um, uh, bills that come with, with the goods. So when you write things down, you might make mistakes, right? So from an accuracy perspective, digitizing that element is going to be always a step forward. Also getting the, the data much more frequently and at different volumes. So if you can imagine somebody going location by location in the warehouse, scanning that thing with a handheld scanner, writing it down on, pa on paper. With a robot, you can literally kind of get that information in a split second across an entire rack. So automatically, it's just more, more data, which means more accuracy, and kind of getting that more frequently means better inventory processes. The technology we have is applicable to pretty much anyone that has uh, one warehouse or multiple warehouses and wants to have that um, complete visibility across the operation and what's happening in them. Larger manufacturers will have or we'll be looking at the problem of scale, so they want to see across multiple large warehouses, across multiple sites, but um, in the same way, smaller um, or medium manufacturers or um, logistics partners will be having the, um, the issue at a smaller scale, but also looking at the same type of data, same type of, type of uh, technology being deployed in their warehouses. So it's really a matter of democratizing the technology and making it accessible to everyone. The technology will definitely be uh, continuously developing and improving and becoming better, becoming more robust, becoming uh, more versatile, whilst also becoming more affordable for for vast majority of, of the warehouses and warehouse operators. Um, we're seeing this from, from multiple angles. Some of the sensors, some of the perception systems are becoming a lot more affordable, which in terms means you can get better quality data and derive a lot more insights from it. Uh, but also this applies to the intelligence behind the system. So very much software is becoming a lot better, a lot more um, high performance, a lot more robust. So it means that deploying such technology is literally a matter of hours rather than days, weeks, or even months in, in some cases that we, we were looking at, you know, five, ten years ago. I should point out that you can't see these robots while they're being explained to you, obviously, on the podcast. But luckily, we, we've thought of everything, haven't we? If you're listening to this on our website, then simply scroll down and you will see a video of these robots in action. And if you're listening to this via your favorite audio platform, uh, then likewise, do visit themanufacturer.com uh, to see a full video showcasing these robots in action. Now it's time for... The Manufacturer Magazine! 
believe the July August edition of the Manufacturer magazine is is about to drop, isn't it? I think, Joe. So it would be remiss of us not to point out. Uh, what you can enjoy in there. Uh, I think it's eventually got sent to the printers. Was it, was it sometime last week, Joe? I saw you going proofing a few pages while we were on our way up to Manchester. Um, so so we can expect that quite soon, can't we? It certainly is in the pipeline. Any day now should be should be hitting, hitting desks. Um, not to give too much away, but fascinating content as ever. A couple of um, interviews with... Uh, TMMX award winners from last year. Um, our international reporter James spoke to uh, John John Cochran, who is the CEO of TSB Engineering, um, who uh, who described the TMMX awards as the Oscars of manufacturing. So um, that was a, that was a great bit of insight from him. And, and obviously, you, you Tom spoke to Accolade Wines, who last year uh, won their third consecutive sustainable manufacturer of the year award so great great interviews there we're also we've also done a roundup of our sustainable uh, manufacturing symposium which which was our virtual event that took place um in june uh, so all the leaders in sustainable manufacturing coming together to chew the fat over over you know decarbonization net zero and um topics like that um we've also got a report from uh one of our uh roving reporters um Johnny Williamson, who who spoke to um, the Nizan plant at Sunderland and how they're they're using 5G um, to sort of help help the, with the logistics at their site in Sunderland, which is um, the equivalent size of 50 football pitches. So you can imagine log- logistics being being something of a challenge there. So that's all worth worth checking out. And and Lana, you've got a, you've got a couple of good articles in this issue as well. I do. Um, so if you listen to our Women in Engineering Day podcast special, you should hopefully remember that I spoke to Hilary Levers, who is the CEO of Engineering UK. So you can read the full written interview in our latest issue where we discussed levelling up engineering skills and making the workforce more diverse as well as how we can make engineering a career that is fun and attractive to young people from all different backgrounds. And I have to say that the work that Engineering UK are doing is just amazing, particularly because they're making a real effort to make sure that they are becoming diverse and inclusive as an organisation themselves, because obviously it is just as important to be working inclusively internally as it is externally and we also have another amazing piece of content that I want to highlight which was a co-authored article from Tom Hollands who is the innovation and technical director at Raynal Foods. And member of the top 100 as well I believe Lana. Mm -hmm. So he's great. Um, And also Dr. Rachel Mosley, who is from the University in Bournemouth. And also Steve Evans, who is from the Institute of Manufacturing. And that article is all about neurodiversity in the workplace. And it really does offer some great insights from neurodiverse individuals in the sector. So I would definitely recommend that everyone give that a good read. Great stuff, guys. Get your hands on a copy, everyone. The Manufacturing Magazine, July-August edition, out now. (music) 
So our Manufacturing Digitalization Summit took place up in Manchester last Wednesday, the 13th of July. Went pretty well, a host of delegates discussing the various facets of digital technologies and all that comes with that, so i.e. data capture, uh, road to sustainability. On it, I am honestly so sorry. I'm just going to stop this. I, I, it's got to the point now where this fan is just blowing hot air at me. I am just about ready to do the remainder of this podcast in the nip. And now, I will obviously I'll, I'll turn my camera off, obviously, <laughs> but it is absolutely mental. Why do you think I, I've not got my camera on? <laughs> I'll just about to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereabouts are you cuddling this bottle of ice water, Lana? <laughs> At lunchtime, I had um, an ice cold bath. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, but seriously, I have a tip for you. Mm. Um, either get a bowl or you need to like fill up a massive bottle. Or, oh, and um, put it in front of a fan? Yeah, is this a thing? Does yeah, this work? It blows cold air towards uh, you rather than hot air. Right, okay. Yeah. I, I, I was wondering if this was a, an internet myth. Is it actually, does it actually work? Yeah. It does work. Yeah, right, I've been okay. doing it all day. Even though okay. I'm still sweating. <laughs> <laughs> right, Let's, sorry, sorry, listener. We're talking about our, our digitalization summit, aren't we? Um, a couple of, uh, well, one keynote uh, from the day that, that we're going to have a, a quick listen back to, uh, Maddie Walker from Accenture. She was actually the first keynote of the day. And then uh, Rashita Jayakasera, or we, we call him Rash. He's a good guy. Uh, we can't say his full name properly. Uh, he's the chief of digital manufacturing at Rolls-Royce. Uh, he was helping to chair one of the discussion tables during the day. Uh, let's hear from them now, shall we? Really, it's around, actually, those challenging megatrends are actually helping to really drive the, the value case and the reason to really take, take focus on digital and, and the changes that digital can bring and the benefits that digital technologies can bring to really help make, a, you know, make us more efficient, make us more productive and really start to deliver a significant uplift in, in benefits in, for, the, for our clients. So Industry X is around digital engineering and digital manufacturing. Um, we really believe that this is the next sort of wave of industrial transformation, industrial change. I think digital technologies are really going to enable companies to have greater access and greater visibility of data. Uh, be able to act on that data and therefore be more responsive and more resilient and then if you think if you take the data and then go for applied intelligence machine learning and ultimately robotics all of a sudden that's going to transform how things are manufactured and, and revolutionize how things are designed and made we obviously have Unilever who are really thinking about consumer packaging and how that can drive and imp uh, improve product reduce waste and actually do things in a more sustainable way with the deodorant that is a refillable, you know, the, the, the refillable deodorant pack, which is, is really neat and saves about 50% of product through to Nissan, who are really using data on their shop floor uh, and creating the concept of a smart connected shop floor, you know, in the paint room and in a number of different areas to really drive and improve efficiency in those areas. I think lots of companies get it, actually. I think a lot of companies um, really want to explore how they can do it. I think lots of companies are doing lots of different pilots in different areas. 
I think what we really need to see, though, is it's great to pilot, it's great to trial, but how do you do that in a coordinated, consistent way across the company? And then the, the board give the commitment behind the pilots and behind the trials to really scale it and grow. I think the trick is there's a lot of piloting at the moment, but, but the pioneers are actually commit, committing to scaling it and growing it, and we're seeing that increasingly. But for the companies that are still a little bit on the fence, they should use right now and the macro trends that we talked about previously to really go that one step further and actually commit to making that change across the corporation. It's really interesting. There's a lot of diversity in terms of where the people are at. And um, I think um, it's really good to see that everybody's um, making digital a priority and talking about it and to see a lot of people are here from different organizations. So I think it is encouraging. There's it's still part of the agenda and particularly looking into looking ahead, we see that as a key enabler for supply chain optimization and sustainability. So I think it's it's good to see everybody's dedicating their time to come and talk about it and learn. What are some of the kind of common mistakes for that manufacturers run into on their digitalization journey, would you say? So I think treating that as an IT project is probably the first one and not really having a people strategy behind it and making sure your digital strategy isn't really in isolation. It's part of the overall business strategy. I think those are the three things I would say that everybody kind of falls into normally. Just in terms of the future, emerging technologies, what should manufacturers be looking at um, in terms of new technology? What should they be doing to get ahead of the curve, would you say? I think um, overall, it's really um, down to who you are as a manufacturer right? So it's, it's impossible to give a, like a generic answer, right? But I think overall, what I would say is concentrate on getting your data management, your digital strategy, uh, your IT port, like uh, enterprise architecture um, to a standard position. So build in those very uh, foundations, right? Digital skills into your organization. And then you'll be able to see, okay, what are the technologies that I need to accelerate? And what are the technologies that isn't going to help you. Go! Oh my gosh, I'm in a helicopter. Flying the flag, mate. I'm flying the flag. Thanks for that. In the absence of some. Where were you? How did you do it, Lana? With Vaseline. <laughs> Scallywags. I didn't want another round of rebuke. Thank you very much. I'm dangerously well, mate. It's still uh, pretty raw, mate. It's still pretty raw. And it is bloody hot, gang. I've literally never been this far up north in my life. Team building day. Team building Till day. Me, team building day. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to get yeah. sunburned. I hope this makes you smile um, or laugh at my misfortune. Founder of Cobra Brea. What? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to round things off, guys, with a little bit of fun. Uh, this is just to see who's been paying attention during this technology series, which, like I say, has, has spanned uh, many weeks and many days. Um, so, uh, you know, you would be forgiven for, for forgetting some of the stuff that we've that we've covered. Uh, this is best of three. Um, first one is multi-choice. Uh, second one isn't. And then last one is uh, fastest to react. For every correct answer, you will hear this noise. Outstanding. And for every incorrect answer, you will hear this noise. What are you doing? Question one. Lana, 
What was the name of the man we interviewed at Leonardo Helicopters? Was it A, Mike Overd, B, Bob Overd, C, John Sackett? A. That's, that's, that's correct. Outstanding. Well done, Lana. Uh, Joe, first question to you. In what episode of a technology series did we feature our wonderful podcast sponsors, Accenture? A, episode three. B, episode four. C, episode five. Uh, what episode are we on now? Episode six. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, oh, episode four. I'm afraid that's wrong. What are you doing? Ah, oh, damn it. The correct answer is episode five. Question two, Lana. In episode two of a technology series, we did a roundup of our industrial data summit. What colour shoes was I wearing on the day? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is not multi-choice. So I just need Brown. an answer. Correct. Oh, you lucky <laughs> outstanding! No, I, I remember them. I yeah? actually think I do remember them because they were brown. <laughs> <laughs> why, why are they particularly memorable if they're brown because you weren't wearing like black shoes which would normally like blend into like trousers oh right so you remember them because they didn't go with my outfit <laughs> no they did they did go but they were just more memorable than being black joe your question too and again it's industrial data summit themed uh, we each interviewed different attendees. Can you give me the names of two people that Lana interviewed? Oh. Uh, uh, you know what? I will accept first names as well. She interviewed... Um, hang on. It's... I know, I know. Yes, I know you know. I'm going to say Sarah. I think it's Sarah from. Oh, I can't remember where she was from. I'm going to. I want to go. I'm going to go with Sarah. You're going to go with Sarah, and I'm looking for two. Can you give me one more? Yes, didn't she uh, interview the guy from Mars, uh, Mercia, Mercia, Mercia Oprizan? I, I will, I will accept the second one. I don't know. Oh, no. Sarah. Was it? It was Marla Nelson, wasn't it? Yes, Marla, yes, correct. Not Sarah. What are you doing? Really sound like Sarah either. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. That's 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 two nil. That's two nil for Lana. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll get. I mean, I'll, I'll do the, the last question just for giggles. Um, fastest. It was the fastest to react. Well, it was Gripple. I've obviously featured in uh, both the People and Skills and Technology series. Uh, winners at the Leadership and Strategy uh, category for the TMMX Awards. They are based in which Yorkshire city? Sheffield. Blimey, Lana. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> Outstanding. I'm going to go and revive. I'm going to go and read. Right, I'm going to go and read the previous four issues of the magazine just so uh, I can restore some pride next time. Oh, was so quick. Crikey. Uh, well, look, okay, that, that, that's all we've got time for. Uh, thanks for joining in that, that bit of nonsense with me, guys. Uh, when we return, it will be for the first episode of our leadership series looking forward to that one looking forward to having you with us too listener until then enjoy the rest of your hot hot week see you next time 
stay cool.